hello and welcome to episode number 289 of the Plain Talking UK podcast. I'm Carlos and joining me as always in the PTUK studios this week is the man that pushes all the right buttons and presses all the right touchscreen functions. <laughs> it's Matt Smith. And quite often all the wrong ones as well, it has to be said. <laughs> hello mate, how are you? Oh good, yes, it's nice to be over again to see you in the uh, PTUK studios. Lovely, yes, yes, always a pleasure, never in any way a And we, we had a bit of a passing uh, glance at each other this week on the uh, UK roads, didn't we as well? Uh, we did, yes, yes, there was there was some mutual waving. <laughs> I, I confused I confused your one of your colleagues by waving at what I, what is usually your lorry, I waved at Carlos's lorry, and it wasn't Carlos in it, so this very polite man sort of looked very confused, uh, but waved back, he to did, be fair, yeah, 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 so he Andrew, did wave back, yeah, yeah absolutely. Andrew. Hobbo, as his plate says in the window. Yeah. Hobbo. All oh, right. Did he have a plate in the window? He's got a plate in the window. No, yeah, yeah. Hobbo. That. Yeah. We've got that. we've got me, obviously Carlos, and then we've got Hobbo, and then we've got Stevie. 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 Does yeah. he mind being called Stevie? No, he doesn't. He loves being called Stevie. Does he? Yeah. Right. But it was, uh, I got a very nice salute off uh, Matt whilst he, he whizzed past Oh, yes. Coach, I, I, I do that, nice. don't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said, he I was really chuffed, guy. actually. I was I, really I like chuffed. Oh, oh, no. I was so chuffed yeah, for that. Absolutely. Yeah, was, that made my week, that did. Yeah. You. you don't get out much, do you, mate? Not at all. No. no. Not out of Suffolk. So, apologies this week from Mr. Bounds. He is unable to join us this week due to, what is, I think he's having a jolly somewhere, isn't he, Matt? He's, he's coming back from Antwerp, isn't Antwerp, he? Antwerp, I yeah, think, if I, if I remember correctly. Yeah, he's flying home on a... F- a one of those... A, a, um, a Fokker. Pardon? Indeed. Exactly. <laughs> he's flying home on one of those aircraft. And, yes. uh, yeah, he'll be back next week, hopefully. Yes. We're very much hoping that we might actually get a sort of Nev's passenger experience, actually. Because um, oh, yeah, it'd be nice to compare that against the A350. Was it 350? No. Yeah, it was the 350. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. That, you're even right if that. we get a and even if we get an NPE from uh, from the fucker, it uh, we won't probably be, won't be able to hear. It. Yeah, we no, won't be able to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> too much background noise. Yeah, yeah. We'll have something from the fucker any a fucker anyway, so we'll be okay. <laughs> so moving swiftly on to uh, it's a fucker, fucker, a fucker. It's a brilliant aircraft. <laughs> Bit noisy, but great <laughs> aircraft. <laughs> Joining us this week, as always, as you heard, I feel well. It's the man. It's the man. The legend. The pilot. The guy who does everything to do with flying and aviation. It's Armando. Hey, everybody! I am super happy to be back for the entire show this time. Winning. (laughs) Yeah. Hope you guys are well. Um, Not a whole lot going on on in my end. uh, A little bit of flying, and then a lot of bit of housework. So it's been kind of an easy week. Ah, uh, the domestic yeah. god that is. Housework is that is that uh, IKEA things or no? Are we finished? Now, believe it or not, I am still unpacking from my move. Oh my what? goodness! Six six months later. <laughs> wow. Right. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Where's this? I want to know where the simulator is because I so want another go. Uh, that. <laughs> I haven't. I haven't set it up yet. Believe it what? or not. What? Oh, that's no. It. I, you know. and I are no longer friends. That's oh, I was going to fly over tomorrow as well. Yeah. Oh, well. <laughs> Were you now? Okay. Well. After the conversation we had earlier about you know credit cards oh, and oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. think that's a good oh. idea. Yep. Yeah. Probably not a good idea. <laughs> yeah. um, we have got a super 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 guest joining us in the. Uh, studio this week could you and uh, another octave high would be super. perfect thank you <laughs> <laughs> super guest joining us yeah. this week in the uh, p2k studios and uh, well it's always a pleasure to have you back the gorgeous myla thank you well thank you for having me again once more it's good to be here so how are things with you myla what's been going on in the world of uh, cargo flying i have been flying quite a bit actually and it's been good it's been a nice experience so i'm happy puppy Good, good, good. Yes, I've got my new roster and I've got two new destinations. Oh, well, where are those? 
Uh, Warsaw and Budapest. Ooh. Budapest? Yeah. Oh, I say. That's, that's, that's you might bump into Captain L. Fingers crossed. Yeah. Oh dear. Have you got? Have you, have you sorted out your disagreement with Rosterbuster or whatever it no, was? No, I'm not paying their fees. Oh, okay. I can't okay. stalk anyone though. They want you to pay for it. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Are you sure that's not at the court injunction that's getting? <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> oh no, it's horrible. I yeah. just have to rely on Stuart sending me his roster now as a PDF. Right. So, okay. Yeah. I mean, you could just not be tight and you know pay for it. I'd pay for enough aviation-related apps. Then right drop now. one. I can't. <laughs> because you <laughs> love them all. Yeah, right, okay. Uh, well, I don't know what to do here, ladies and gentlemen. <coughs> and uh, how's the aircraft behaving itself? Oh, yes, definitely. Oh, mm-hmm. good, it's good, It's a good, good one. Yes. Excellent. Mm. Well, there's, a, there's a lot of inappropriate chat going on in the chat. Is there really? Like, yeah, yeah. Something about a Messerschmitt. <laughs> okay. So uh, we've got a uh, lovely chat room uh, group of people joining us this evening. Uh, mm. We've got uh, the lovely Auntie Liz is Aww, in the chat room. Yes. Uh, Owen is in the chat room this week as well, so evening to you, Owen. Masha is in the chat room as well. Who will we ask? We've gone scrolling up the list here. Stephen H. Hello yes. to you, Stephen H. John Jester. Uh, Dave Abbey uh, also in the chat room. Um. Richard Adams, hello to you as well. Yeah. Uh, Neil Lamborn has just popped in as well. He's just dropped into the uh, chat room as well, so good evening to you. So uh, welcome to one and all who have joined us on this uh, Friday evening. And it's the, what is it today? The 4th, 4th of October today. Uh, I, f- I feel wow. like the chat room is one of those things where everybody just starts warming up, you know, gets dinner, grabs a drink before APG comes on after us. So yes, I know, I know. We've still got to keep to another tight schedule, haven't we? Otherwise, we're gonna we're overlap. <laughs> <sighs> so we've got lots coming up in tonight's show. We've got uh, hopefully, as long as Matt's got one queued up, we've got our last segment uh, from last hey, from Big and Hill. Me. I am on it. I'll okay, have you know how very dirty. last little bit from yeah. Big and Hill uh, coming yeah. up later on. We've also got some military news brought to us. Uh, by Armando, and uh, yeah, we've got lots of great stories this week in the news. Everybody's very excited about the Double Header Podcast Day, by the way. Double Header Podcast Double Day. Double Header Podcast Day. See, it's Friday, that's what Fridays are all about. Oh. You don't need television on a Friday. No, because no, no. you can watch us first, <laughs> and then a serious aviation news program like APG. Perhaps if, uh, if you are watching the show via your big screen TV Ooh, yes, in your front do. room, send a tweet us a picture. Yeah, Indeed, to, uh, actually, yeah, you can either tweet us or, actually, if you give me two minutes, we do also have a special WhatsApp number we can use now as well. Oh, yes, we so do. So people we're, can WhatsApp we're, we're us We're moving well. into the... Yeah, so give, give, me, a couple oh, of mo- give me a couple of moments. Moving and, into the future uh, here. Yes, and uh, we, will, uh, we, will, we will do that. So I had, uh, I had a rather exciting experience I bet you uh, this week whilst I was at work. <laughs> Um, right. Because uh, actually, Armando, you'd, you'd appreciate this because I, I, whilst I was um, outside busy uh, washing my vehicle, <laughs> as you do, right. I had uh, two uh, C130Js fly over uh, at very low level indeed. I think I probably could have reached up and I probably nearly hit one with the brush of my I you know, doubt <laughs> cleaning the lorry. Um, <laughs> But uh, they, that was awesome, and the sound was mega. My boss came running out to see what was going on, and uh, he's a bit—he's a bit of a plain geek as well, actually. Uh, he, I'm, I'm he, starting to convert him, yeah, Stuart to become yeah. an, an aviation yeah. enthusiast. It, it does say it's definitely true. Here we go. Uh, here we go. Look, so, uh, ladies and gents, seriously, if you are. Um, uh, uh, a WhatsApp user and would like to send us a message here in the studio while can we're I doing the one? show. You can do. Okay. So uh, I'll give you the the international code. Oh, I'm, I'm so here we go. So on. it's plus four four. Oh, where does where's the plus thing on here? Oh, here we go. This this uh, could be a really sorry, ladies and gentlemen. This could be a long slow slow. 
Long, slow, Oh, show. I've got it. Myla's found it. Well done. Right, okay. Plus four, four. So plus four, four. Yeah. Uh, seven, five, seven, seven five, two. Seven, two. Yeah. Uh, two, four, nine. Two, four, nine. One, six, six. One, six, six. So that's plus four, four. Right. Seven, five, seven, two. Two, four, nine. One six six plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. You can send us messages uh, into the studio directly, and we will be able to. You can also from that send us audio feedback, which is. Uh, um, Owen's taking the mickey out of me now. Look, he's posted it. <laughs> he put it in the chat room. Uh, yeah, so it says, say, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. You can also this. send audio feedback via that. Um, and so oh, you I've can just sent the message. Have you? Right, mm. okay. You sent me a photograph of, of, of the oh, people. Oh, I've got an oh. automated reply. That's cool. You would, you'll probably... Yeah, Thank you absolutely. for getting in touch with Carlos, Nev, Armando and Matt. One of us will come back to you real soon. Yeah, oh, that's nice. Yeah, so I'm like very that. efficient like that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Anyway, oh, there we are. So that, that's it. So I, don't, I, I don't want to know what the first photograph that Carlos sent us to that number. No, indeed. None of us do. Um, oh, how uh, you arise. <laughs> arise. <laughs> anyway, there we are. So do feel free to send... Yes, yeah, use and abuse it, says Owen. Yes, indeed. Uh, do feel free to uh, send messages into... As I say, WhatsApp, it's completely free. That's the beauty because it uses your data connection to do it. Uh, you can send video, you can send pictures, you That's can send audio That's going to be a really good way for people to send us uh, audio feed, yeah, feedback Audio through. feedback, that's the thing, because yeah. you can use Easier than an email. Note. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, uh, like so, yeah, welcome to the 21st century, everyone. Wow. Yes, absolutely. Should we do some aviation news? To be fair, everyone uses WhatsApp nowadays. We do, yes. So we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with a rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Bear... <laughs> Charles, I'll have you know. <laughs> Charles. And if you're ready, <laughs> if you're ready, Armando. Have ready you, to go. Did, have, did Myla? You have, yes. Did you have something funny with you in your tea this evening? Myla made it. Okay, fair enough. Let's, Let's go. go. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who So, kicking off this week's first news story is on the mailonline.co.uk. And uh, this headline, rather interesting one this one, this week. Uh, we're going to start with the toilets. So, cameras outside... I, I, I know. <laughs> cameras outside the toilets could be coming to the connected airline cabins of the future to help crew redirect passengers if there's a long queue. <laughs> right. <laughs> So cameras outside the toilets could be coming to airline cabins in a not very distant future. That's if Airbus Connected Cabins takes off. Uh, they'll be trialling uh, the uh, and what a version of cameras outside toilets that the aircraft manufacturer says it will help crew uh, redirect passengers to other bathrooms if there are long queues and signal when someone has spent an unusually long time inside. The cameras will be part of a system that will alert crew if it thinks the soap or toilet rolls may need replenishing. Airbus insists the cameras won't invade privacy as they will not be collecting data on how long passengers have spent <laughs> in the bathroom <laughs> and will right. blur faces. Okay. Ingo Wugetzer, VP Marketing at Airbus, told CNN the information might go to the crew but it's completely decoupled from any personal passenger information. It's an anonymous solution, and this should help passengers find the fastest way to the lavatory. Well, I think we all know where they are. 
now. Uh, he also added that the cameras will just be an option offered to airlines. Controversy has been in the air over the use of cameras on board. And earlier this year, we uh, we actually covered the story, didn't we, about uh, Singapore Airlines, Delta and American and United having cameras embedded in seat back seats. Do you oh, remember yeah. that? We covered that story, yeah, yeah. So the new Airbus cabin, called the Airspace Connected Experience, will also be fitted with wireless sensors to collect onboard data about passengers' habits, as we reported as well. Sensors embedded in the seats will relay how often passengers go to the lavatory, uh, their sleeping patterns, and what angle they recline their chair to. Uh, meanwhile, sensors in the TV screens will allow analysts to track what type of media is most popular, allowing them to better tailor the content to clients' needs. In the galley, sensors embedded in the trolley units will indicate when stock levels are running low and what meal choices or beverages prove most popular. While below decks, sensors in the cargo hull will mean that airline staff will be able to monitor the temperature and capacity levels to help keep pets safe and precious goods undamaged. Airbus says the features will allow carriers to usher in a new personalised experience for passengers and provide opportunities for improving airlines and ancillary revenues and operational efficiencies. Testing of the new cabin technology is taking place on board the A350-900. So cameras uh, checking what toilets are having a... I mean, I, mean, I think, wouldn't you agree, Armando, the Mark One eyeball is fairly good at um, you know, <laughs> yeah. sussing out... You know, I think generally there's cabin crews somewhere around the toilets anyways, but uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, I, it's like everything else. It's, you know, coaches are more interconnected. If you go on a cruise ship, it's more interconnected. If you uh, buy a, a recreational vehicle, it's more interconnected nowadays. So I suppose it's it's only time that, you know, airplanes are going to go that way too. I, I like the idea of, hey, if a toilet is dirty or soap is out or something like that um yeah i don't you know <laughs> it's one of those things is it broken is it a solution wait you know looking for a problem i'm not, I'm not really sure <laughs> yeah i, I, don't I don't know i guess I, i'd be interested in what owen has to say about this you know about having a completely well, you know wired cabin you don't have this trouble i don't expect do you Mila, on on your aircraft no, cues we don't, we don't, to we, the toilet no no it's just us but Owen is actually saying, I like the idea if we have a customer who collapses in the toilet, it's easier to know this. True. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but but it's, 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 trouble is it's only monitoring what's outside, I guess, isn't it? It's not actually monitoring what? Oh, Lane Street. I'll tell you what, Lane always comes up with some real gems right, in the chat okay. room. So Lane Street has come up with, Alexa, is the loo full? Oh, no. <laughs> Onboard <laughs> Alexas. That's what we need. No, we don't. Okay. No, no. we don't. Hello, Jonathan Warner. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, uh, Matt, you, would you like the camera things in the toilet? Then, <laughs> no. Well, they're not okay. in the toilet, are they, I suppose, yeah. so that'll be okay. Looking, but, uh, looking up at you from the bowl. No. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> that'll, be a, that'll be a treat for everyone, won't it? Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving, moving swiftly on, we'll, we'll flush that story away. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you like that. I thought you'd like that. Yeah. Uh, so, moving swiftly on to the next story, and uh, this one, obviously, is a Ryanair story for you, Matt, and... Uh, Something that I'm sure you would be happy with, this particular uh, situation. Yes, indeed. So this is on the uh, Scotsman. That's the scotman.com. And the headline is Scottish passengers stuck for 12 hours on Edinburgh-bound Ryanair flight had to pay for water. Uh, so, um, oh, 
Oh, here we go. Yes, so Scottish holidaymakers who were stuck on a hot Ryanair flight for 12 hours had to pay to buy water. Passengers on a Ryanair flight FR6627 from Lanzarote to Edinburgh were scheduled to take off at 11.20am on Friday. However, the plane was grounded on the tarmac for around five hours before it was diverted to Bordeaux. It finally arrived at Edinburgh Airport at 11.30pm. Um, the uh, budget airline blamed the delay on adverse weather but passengers on board dispute this one passenger told of the daily record it was due to too much fuel they had to burn it off and in turn couldn't get another slot um, uh, to make matters worse irate families had to fork out three euros for bottles of water on the flight despite the stifling conditions as the airline only handed out free water after the plane had landed in France nine hours after passengers had boarded after being confined on board for nine hours paramedics were called to the plane after a woman became unwell uh, a mother who was traveling with her husband and young baby had to be assessed by paramedics in a waiting ambulance after, after disembarking uh, John Rafferty told the Daily Record the lady sitting next to us asked for water after we had been sitting on the plane in scorching heat for three hours. The stewardess said she wasn't authorised to give it out. Uh, a while later, they started selling water and non-alcoholic drinks for three euros. I had to pay three euros for, three euros for water and five euros fifty for a panini. Uh, it wasn't until we landed in Bordeaux nine hours later that we were offered free water. We understand that things sometimes happen, but the way it was handled was so poorly done. A, statesman, a statement from Ryanair said, the fl this flight from Lanzarote to Edinburgh, 27th of September, was regrettably delayed ahead of takeoff due to adverse weather conditions in Lanzarote before departing the to Edinburgh later that day. Ryanair sincerely apologised to customers for this delay, which was completely outside of our control. Now, I have to say, I, I definitely don't think this would have ever happened on a, an Ameri on a, on a US-based <coughs> carrier. No. They would have already, no. you know, they would have came around with water straight away, I think. If the yeah, I, I would tend to agree with that. And I think a good uh, sort of corollary to this is just in the past few years, I've noticed that uh, here in the U.S., the gate agents have a little bit more leeway into uh, issuing uh, vouchers, you know, travel vouchers and refund vouchers for either oversold flights or delays or something like that. And I think that was a move that was um, smart on, on the part of U.S. airlines where they're empowering the people on the front lines a little bit more, right? So. If this cabin crew is, if this flight attendant is sitting there saying, hey, I'm not authorized to give you free water, even though it makes sense to everyone, um, I, I think they're, like so many things in Ryanair, I think they need to reevaluate, you know, the value of negative press versus the, you know, the, the money that it costs them to, to give free water to folks on a stranded flight. Um, so really as a, as a management technique, empower your people, empower those that that are there, the, the face of the company interacting with the customers to to prevent this at the front at the front line, basically, to prevent that negative uh, media and negative exposure. Um, I, th I think it goes, it would go a long way for not just Ryanair, but some other airlines too. I mean, uh, the, the only thing I would say, say to, to that, I mean, a small part of me is sort of thinking perhaps, uh, I mean, I think this is the same with all, all low-cost airlines. I, I, I think it's like the trouble is, is the the I, I guess you've got that issue of the, the the trouble that you could possibly get into if you've authorised suddenly giving away loads and loads of bottles of water. As you say, it's just like 
when margins are so tight when it comes to these low-cost airlines, I, you know, I, I can understand why cabin crew would be very, very sort of unwilling, if you like, to make that decision. But I mean, surely there must have been someone that they could have contacted, especially as they were essentially on the ground for a long period of time. I mean, they they must have had a way of getting in touch with the powers that be. Um, what I wonder about is if there's any like regulations for confining people to an enclosed area without providing oh. water and I know there is in the airport, isn't there? Period yeah. of time, because technically you're just keeping people there. Yeah, true. So, well, here here in the U.S., there's there's fines if you know if you have some you know passengers on an airplane. I I can't remember if it's three hours or four hours. So they'll do everything in their power to deplane them. True, true, that is true. Uh, before we move on to the next story, uh, Neil Lanwarn is the first one to send us an official photograph oh, for our WhatsApp. No, you don't count. Uh, You're sat next to me. That doesn't really count. Uh, you know, this one is good. But my photo so, was nice. Uh, yes, it was nice. Yes, so this is the MIG Alley at the Polish National Ev Aviation Museum in Krakow. Look, look at that. Isn't that a beautiful oh, piece? Thank you for that, Neil. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, uh, yeah, for obviously. Wait, that, what, a, what a great test, Neil. So now we know that it pops up on the feed perfectly. Look at that. Well done, Neil. Our first yeah. WhatsApp yeah, I mean, picture. There was, a, there was a little bit of tweaking. I, 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 Owen also sent us one of a spaceman waving. But, oh, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it's only two seconds long, so by the time I've pressed all the buttons, it'll disappear. Hello. Oh, someone's got the sound up. Something, yeah, me. Matt. Yeah. So moving on to the next story, and uh, uh, Armando, you have taken the, uh, the BA um, throne well, this week. How about I, I propose that, that Myla does this uh, BA story, and I'll take the next one. Oh, okay. Okay. Panic. That's it. Yeah. I don't know why. Where that ping is coming from. I'm so sorry. In in the meantime, volume, volume. Right. It's Mr. Warner has discovered that it is pinging live on the feed. So he keeps he keeps literally sending the word ping. Look. Mr. Warner. Stop it, Mr. Warner. Oh dear. Right. Okay. How do I mute that? That's funny. How do I how do I stop it? Turn your volume down on your laptop. Well, no, it is down. That's the trouble. But because because it's stop it. <laughs> Mr. Warner, you and I are going to fall. I love out it. I love our chat room. They're just doing everything to. <laughs> I'm going to have a meltdown Ins any minute. Ensure uh, we yeah. succeed. <laughs> yeah, notifications. Here we go. Uh, sounds. There we go. Ha ha. Mute. Well <laughs> done. Well done. Victory is mine. Right. Yes. So, um, Myla. Hi. What? What's? Uh, <laughs> Sorry, what's, everyone. Uh, I'll I'll go and have a coffee in a minute. I'll be fine. Okay. Good. <laughs> well, here we go. Brit yeah. Business traveller uh, posts British British Airways to co-chair with Malaysia. Malaysia Airlines on the 2nd of October 2019. Let's see what it says. British Airways is set to launch a co-chair partnership with its One World partner, Malaysia Airways. The co-chair will cover 14 destinations in Malaysia and 9 cities across Australia, Cambodia, Indonesia, New Zealand and Vietnam. The airlines both offer daily non-stop flights between London Heathrow and Kuala Lumpur. Travelers will be able to go... will be able to... through through check to their final destination and collect their boarding passes in advance. Be executive club members will also gain more frequent flyer benefits, while Avios can be used on reward flights, upgrades, hotels, experiences, and for part payment. Subject to regulatory approval, Malaysia Airlines will also co-chair with BA on European points. Passengers can now book seats on both airlines' websites for travel beginning on October 9th. So that's that. Pretty awesome. So code share, we find a lot of airlines doing the code share thing now, and obviously BA, they code share with um, 
Where's is it? Is it uh, no, who's it? American co-chair with Armando. Well, they oh, there's a American there's a whole lot of B A and yeah. all sorts, don't they? They do yeah. all sorts of bits and pieces. Yeah. yeah. This yeah. will be good news for uh, Nev. He can uh, obviously go into his executive lounge oh, um, as a club member. <laughs> Radio then. Which hopefully yeah. I'll, I'll get a sample of that in uh, in uh, no, next month. Fingers crossed. Oh. Yeah. So uh, Armando, how would you like to uh, take this next story? Which, to be fair, when I saw this uh, come over the news feeds this week, <coughs> I was rather um, well. What can I say? Taken back by the video that uh, that goes yeah. with this. Yeah, I think the video has made its way through the internet, uh, even international news. And uh, it, it had to do with a beverage cart at uh, Chicago O'Hare that something must have gone wrong with it and it started spinning out of control. Um, so aside from spilling its contents everywhere. Oh, yes, was, even I've seen this. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was just inching close. Like every time it did a circle, it was just inching closer and closer and closer to the nose of that Embraer jet. And uh, you could you could just feel the impending doom as it was going to hit that uh that jet and a very uh astute uh, ramp worker picked up electro tug uh, jumped on it nearly avoiding the uh, beverage <laughs> cart itself um and then those electro tugs will move everything up to a you know a gulfstream six it'll certainly move a uh, an embraer jet and he just plowed into it knocked it over therefore <laughs> saving the day um so they uh, american airlines gave him an award just recently um he said he was just doing his job. Um, it was uh, an employee of Envoy Airlines, which is a subsidiary of American Airlines. Um, yeah, so uh, the video of the incident showed the cart operating by, operated by airline catering company Gate Gourmet swinging in circles. Matt's paling out the video there. Um, before Ooh. it collided, <laughs> Mr. Manalang drove a second vehicle, which was Electro-Tug, uh, slamming the wayward machine onto its side and thus ending the chaos. Uh, safety is our number one priority, and I did not want anyone to get hurt, so I used the, the uh, pushback tug to stop the cart, he added in a statement. He will be recognized for his efforts, according to Envoy. Uh, American Airlines uh, spokesman Ross Feinstein said no one was injured and applauded uh, the ramp worker whose quick action stopped the vehicle before it crashed into a nearby regional jet. And I did see on another uh, social media feed that uh, they did present him with an award, and I think uh, two thousand dollars of uh, you know sort of. Let's a, a, let's be honest here. If that Armando, if that would have hit that aircraft, because it was literally on its next swing round, was going to wipe that out. That was going to take out the nose, wasn't aircraft, it? Yeah, that was going to cost a lot. It would have cost the company, well, more than three pounds fifty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, uh, awesome job to uh, Mr. Uh, hold on, it's Malang, Manalang, and uh, you know, good job, quick thinking, yeah. and uh, and a win for the Rampies. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Neil yeah. Lanwell says, "Rise of the beverage carts." <laughs> this is how Terminator <laughs> starts. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Warner stopped prattling around, by the way. Now, as and, he uh, instead he uh, he used said WhatsApp thingy to send us this. That's nice. Isn't that lovely? Oh, I love that. So listen, that is one of my favorite pictures from Jonathan Warner. And I've asked him a couple times. He owes me because I want to blow that up and hang it on my wall, on my, in my house. <gasps> there I we go. There you are, Warner. Warner. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Armando at plaintalkinguk.com. Uh, com. Com. Yes, no, you were right. Com. Right the first time. <laughs> well done. Yeah. yeah. No, it's a, for, for the audio podcast, it's a beautiful picture of a U.S. Army Beach 18 um, that he took. Uh, I don't remember where he was, but uh, I'm sure what a, what a beautiful airplane. Yeah. That is my dream airplane. Yeah, 
this is what we like. There we go. Okay, I'm sure. I'm sure Mr. Warner will be on it. <clears throat> I'm sure he will. Yes, indeed. Anyway, he does take some great photos. He does. Mr. Warner. I know it's exhausting, frankly. Yeah. Well, we got we got two green. You know, Dan Harrington as well. You know, we've got all these yeah, fantastic absolutely. photographers we in, have. The, uh, yeah, in the community. It's only you and I that are crap at it. Really, that is true. Fair. Yes, that <laughs> is true. <laughs> to be fair, whenever I want any informa- any uh, tips, I just either tech or WhatsApp. Well, like Captain Nick, of Dan course, or, is, the, is the legend. Or, or yeah. Mr. Warner. Yeah. 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 So, uh, next uh, story is on the Forbes website. Forbes. Porsche website. Forbes. And uh, this one is, uh, the headline is, Six Affordable Airlines to Fly in Business Class. Now, this appeals to me because I'd like to go business class and not have to pay £4 million for the privilege. So, have you ever wondered which airlines regularly offer the cheapest business class fares the secret is out flying in business class has generally never been so affordable and if you really do your research you could be flying on a lie flat bed for the same price as an economy ticket so there are certain airlines that have consistently had very cheap business class tickets your own private space slightly better better food and also alcohol and uh, things, all the things you desire most importantly, a bed as well. So below the uh, on this story is some of the uh, cheapest airlines to fly in business class. So we're going to just with through can you, these. Can you say business class and the word cheap all in the same By sentence? Is business that, is class, that? Ch- <laughs> I'm not nearly. Sure that's right, well, that's yeah. what the article is about. Yeah. Okay, yes. So uh, first off, Aer Lingus. Um, the uh, uh, awesome uh, Irish airline Aer Lingus. So if you're flying between Europe and the US, Aer Lingus offer some great life flat business class fares one way. Uh, business class on their A330. Um, you can expect fares of around $1,500 return from Europe to the co- uh, East Coast and $1,800 return if flying to the West Coast. Uh, we've got Aeromexico. Um, so if you're flying between North and South America, Aeromexico offers some incredibly cheap business class fares. These are on their 787 Dreamliner, um, offering lie flat beds. Um, this uh, particular story booked a fare from Los Angeles to San Paolo for $650 one way, uh, which was nearly 14 hours flying time in business class. Um, we've got uh, Turkish Airlines, an airline I would really would love to try because they've got some great reviews online. Turkish Airlines, uh, 787 Business Class uh, or Turkish Airlines flagship Boeing 777 in a 232 seating. Um, you can get um, Turkish Airlines from Europe to Southeast Asia for around $950 one way. Uh, we've also got Iceland Air. Uh, I love Iceland Air because they still fly the 757. So Iceland Air Air is never going to win any awards, it says here, for business class. But however, the price is because they're flying 757s. So their business class is more like a domestic first class in the US, meaning no low uh, live flat beds. However, for as low as $1,000, return between Europe and the east coast of the US uh, the prices are more comparable with economy fares, not to mention a free stop in Iceland. TAP or Portugal, or Portuguese, the Portuguese airline, if you're flying between Europe and the US, then TAP is going to be your likely best option value. With ever expanding route maps in the US, a new very respectable business class offering on their new 330-900 NEOs. Uh, affairs across the Atlantic for as little as $675 one way. Uh, TAP has also recently introduced the A321LR Neo, which is adding a further business class option for Li- from Lisbon. Uh, we've got uh, AirAsia. Um, the, like, they're offering flatbeds, uh, you know, live flatbeds. 
free bottles of water, meals, um, Air Asia's business class is going to set you back around about, wow, this is cheap. This is $300 uh, one way That's on a right. uh, life flat bed. Uh, yeah, so there we go. The cheapest places, they're not too bad fares, to be fair, compa uh, considering how much it costs to fly, say, in BA in first class. But uh, have you ever flown first class anywhere, Marla? I have been given a ticket first class once by the company. First really? Just, just the one first time. Class. Just the one time. Oof, what airline was that in? KLM. Really? Ooh. <laughs> what, what well, the thing was, um, I was covering a flight for somebody who couldn't fly it. And I was oh, supposed I to go home uh, that morning and I was called to ask, it, please, could I fly this flight? And I said, yes, because I like to fly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I definitely, <laughs> Any yes. Excuse, yeah, and uh, they booked me a day later to go home. Oh, that's, that's not so bad then. And that was that was a nice surprise. Yes. I bet. Yeah. Was that the Spoiling Dash 8, 747-8 KLM or A340? Uh, <gasps> I guess it's a bit hard putting her on the spot. Absolutely. That was probably 7-3. Seven three, from oh. Birmingham to Amsterdam. Okay. Yes. Nice. Was it nice? It was very nice. I had a good meal and a blanket, Champagne. and it was really nice. <laughs> <laughs> I was very much spoiled. Yes, I bet. By I everybody. Bet. <laughs> but let, let's be totally honest here. Myla has the best seat anyway. Um, right. For her okay. Job. Yes, it's no, first true, class true. every day. Any, any first officer or, or captain does, I think, it's to be the fair. the best yeah, seat in the house. There we yeah, go. There we go. Uh, before we move on to the next story, some more pictures are coming Ooh, in on the old WhatsApp. Who, so who's this who's this one's next? from Owen. This is from Duxford. Um, I presume in the American hangar, isn't it? I yeah, think that, that one, be, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. It is, yeah. Yeah, Armando will be able to tell us exactly what that plane is, of course. That's an F four Phantom with yeah. an F fifteen in the background and a sop with camel and a PT seventeen. Yeah, all right, all right, you can stop showing off now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. Think the side of a B fifty two. Yeah, lovely. Moving on. Uh, <coughs> yes, everybody knows story. you're smart. Uh, yes. the, I suppose uh, it's my go now, isn't it? It's, yes. Uh, yeah, it's a Ryanair story. Yeah. And, what um, number is it? Sorry, uh, Ryanair story. This is on Sam Chewy. Oh, good old uh, Sam. Awesome website. This Who is. we have had on the show. Let's we not have forget had on the that. Show, Absolutely. Yeah. I see it's got the word Thomas Cook in it, which makes me a little bit sad. But uh, anyway, yes. So. Uh, 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 interesting story, as he says, it's a Ryan, Ryan Well, this story. is actually interesting because one of the uh, shows I listened to was speaking this week about what's going to happen with all the uh, Thomas Cook aircraft. That yes, are, well, I dare say most. Yeah. Well, certainly, I know, we know from I think last Which year a lot of saying, with, yeah, a lot of you know certainly yeah, airlines released, are busy yeah. fighting for the slots, aren't they, that mm. have been left behind. But uh, anyway, so this is on the Sam Chewy uh, website, samchewy.com, uh, who is the uh, well, he he's sort of specialises in flight experiences doesn't oh, he, he? Does. As saying, we had him on the show uh, a while back now it must be a good two or three years ago now yeah. isn't it but anyway Ryanair in talks to acquire Thomas Cook Airbus A320s oh that's an interesting move You'd have thought they'd still stick. Oh, with this it. is for their um, partner airline, Louder. Oh, of yeah. course, right. So Ryanair is currently in talks with uh, Lessers, uh, holding on to Thomas Cook Aircraft about uh, taking several Airbus aircraft to be used by their Austrian subsidiary, Louder. According to Flight Global, Ryanair plans to increase. Oh, that's helpful, isn't it? Sorry, pop up there. Uh, according to Flight Global, Ryanair plans to increase the size of Louder's fleet to competitively handle the 2020 summer schedule. Chief Executive of Ryanair Group Michael O'Leary states the number of aircraft acquired would depend on pricing and their availability to hire and train.
train retrain pilots and cabin crew before the summer season. As airlines begin to accept greater amounts of Airbus A320neo aircraft, young A320s with the classic engine variants are becoming vastly available, with 8- to 10-year-old examples being competitively priced. Mm. This has sparked the idea of adding second-hand aircraft to Lauda's fleet to increase capacity and strengthen operations. Lauda already uh, operates a fleet of 21 Airbus A320-200s, powered by a mixture of CFM International CFM 56 engines and International Aero engines, the V2500s, meaning aircraft acquisition isn't tied to engine availability. As well as the used aircraft, plans. Uh, Ryanair is also holding discussions with Airbus and Boeing about potential aircraft orders beyond 2024. This is when their existing order backlog is set to close. However, because Boeing is focusing on returning the 737 MAX to service and Airbus is battling their production capacity pricing is not great. Instead, O'Leary says he'll be waiting for the next price cycle to enhance talks with both manufacturers. Citing Flight Global, Ryanair, its UK division, its Polish subsidiary Buzz and Malta Air have combined a total of 456 Boeing 737 Next Generation aircraft in service. Ryanair has orders for 135 Boeing 737 MAX 8s with purchase options for an additional 75 aircraft. It was always going to happen. I mean, these aircraft will be obviously repainted, have all the uh, the old Thomas Cook stuff taken off, and, mm. and other airlines will... These will be leased to other airlines, yeah. um, which, you know, it's always a shame because, we will, you know, uh, sometimes registrations uh, are kept um, if they stay in the same country, if they're G-registered for the UK. So you sometimes see the aircraft with, this, with the uh. original registration on. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what uh, what happens here. Obviously, louder all operate the Airbus mm. uh, aircraft, so it's uh, natural they'll yeah. take these on. But, Indeed. Um, yeah. Uh, another picture coming in on the old oh, WhatsApp, by that? the way. So this one is from... Oh, no, that's me. Sorry. No, I didn't mean oh, to nice press picture that of Matt there. That's a lovely picture of me, wasn't it? Moving and everything. Uh, this one is from Jenny in Rome, oh. which is very exciting. Yeah, and this was her last flight from oh. London Gatwick to um, FCO, which... What's, what's the airport code there? Fiumicino. Oh, for, is it Fiumicino? Or is it Campino, Camp, 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 whatever it is? Milo knows. That's I right. don't know. <laughs> Somebody will correct. Anyway, it was back in August. Anyway, that it was back in August. Anyway, that that uh, sort of stomped on. It. That's a that's a an easyJet, isn't it? It is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, three probably a three twenty. Yeah. I don't think that's a Neo. It's an old uh, CEO. No. Okay. So uh, Armando, do you want to take uh, the next uh, BA story? Uh, sure. It's good news uh, for Auntie B- Liz as well. Yeah. Um, so BA operates its first Airbus A350 flight into Toronto. Um, it is using the A350. Um, the Toronto flight was due to be the type's inaugural long-haul flight for the British flag carrier. However, the aircraft entered long-haul service sooner than anticipated flying to Dubai. The A350 is the latest aircraft type to enter British Airways fleet. It's been uh, seen as... Uh, uh, British Airways ditch its first class offering while revealing a new a brand new business class cabin. Uh, the first Toronto flight was operated by British Airways second Airbus A350 Gulf X-ray Whiskey Bravo Bravo. That's incredibly uh, distracting. 
uh, you guys should only hear what's going on in the background. They can't uh, hear it. It's only you can hear I it. I know they can't I'm... hear it. That's the beauty of it. <laughs> Sorry, Matt's just it's had like, to blow his nose. and Unfortunately, I'm like not having to read it. a story with somebody <laughs> make funny faces in front of you. <laughs> Sorry, mate. Sorry. I just uh, let's see. The first, the first of October 2019 uh, marked British Airways' first flight into Toronto. Wow, this is incredibly redundant. Let's see. Flight time of seven hours, ten minutes. The aircraft actually landed in the Canadian city earlier than had been scheduled, according to Flight Radar 24. A uh, great circle distance of 5,723 kilometers. Um, yeah, so there you go. Um, officially A350s into Toronto. So maybe uh, uh, Auntie Liz can get a ride oh, definitely. for the 300th. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, radio. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, it's uh, so, uh, Mr. Mr. Warner is uh, uh, sending uh, another uh, item for your perusal, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Mr. Carrion. There's um, uh, he did tell me what it is. Is it a B one? Is it oh, a B one B Lancer? Lancer. Yeah, yeah, that's a B one. Probably right on takeoff as the gear is coming up. That's a. A great picture. I, I bet you he took that down in Fairford. Yes, That's, correct. Uh, yes, what, yeah, that is correct. Yeah. yeah. What a wonderful picture that is. Yeah, so good. Yeah, yeah. Keep coming, guys. As I say, it's. Yes. Uh, it, I've forgotten what the number is. Has, it, has anybody remembered it yet? Uh, plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Keep those WhatsApp. Give us that number again, in. Matt. It is plus four four yep. seven five seven two. Two four nine seven, one six six five seven. I'm glad you got your favourite aircraft Three, in there four, somewhere. Seven, oh seven, balls! One, <laughs> <laughs> oh, anyway, oh, moving swiftly on. Myla, I'm, ch- I'm changing um, the number. That's it. Take off. Uh, take <laughs> off. Take the next story. And uh, this, yeah, this this next story on the what's this? Cairo Cairo seven dot com. Cairo seven dot com. One more time. FAA to look at airline seat sizes following years of complaints. They're probably too big. (laughs) Washington, after years of complaints from airline customers about seat space, the Federal Aviation Administration is now stepping in to see how much space you should have when flying. Oh, interesting. Complaints about jam-packed flights and shrinking seat sizes were enough to prompt representative, I guess, Steve Cohen to get the FAA to look into it. They're not maintaining passenger comfort. Passenger comfort is a thing of the past, Gohan said. As a result of his bill, the FAA now plans to set a minimum seat size after testing how fast passengers can evacuate a plane, saying it must be done within 90 seconds. The group Airline for America told WSB-TV, Washington Bureau reporter Blair Miller, that it's trying to maximize personal space in the cabin while keeping safety top priority. Cohen takes issue with that. The public is not being put first. The public is being treated like a FedEx package. But FedEx <laughs> treats their packages <laughs> yeah. better, Cohen said. Yeah, I bet, yeah. Well, for perspective, a typical chair in most offices is about 20 inches across. In 1985, that was the seat size for most airlines that was a good year (laughs) since then seat sizes have dwindled in some cases down to 17 inches which is about the same width as a computer keyboard oh charles really liotra is with travelers united and works for works with federal agencies on customer complaints he told miller that the airlines are raking 
in billions of dollars because of the smaller seat sizes and says it's long overdue for the FAA to step in. The FAA has a lot to deal with right now. They've got to deal with reality, Lioka said. That reality, seats are getting smaller while Americans get bigger. Uh, and I suspect it's not just you know Americans that are getting bigger. I think we're all getting bigger. Let's let's be honest. Uh, an another picture from the WhatsApp group, by the way. Okay, who's, uh, from who's, the who's this from? Uh, so this one's come from some guy by the name of Armando Carrion. Oh, him. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, this is Top man. this is a horrible picture. This is. There's the little puppy. Oh. I oh know. Goodness. Isn't that terrible? I zoomed oh. in. Everything. Look at that. Yes. Talking about little puppy, today is Animal Day in the Netherlands. That is which true. Which means you have to cuddle and give your pets treats and just take good care of your animals. So right. That's every day. Yeah. Yeah. Appropriate picture. Yeah, like absolutely. Oh, yes. He's very relaxed there. Mm. Yeah, she's just she just lays there for the whole podcast. Does she? Oh. She, loves, oh, right. she loves little Lois Lane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, but as I say, to be fair, as you know, I mean, I, I've said many times before, this podcast is officially listed by the National Health Service as the only known Sleep. cure to insomnia. And so, uh, <laughs> also, where's Superman? Well, that's Armando. Obviously. Are we having uh, it? So her, yeah, her brother Clark Kent was. <laughs> oh, uh, no, really. Was also really? a little foster. So we only picked up we we only picked up uh, Lois Lane, but. We still know where Clark Kent is. Oh. Good, 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 good. Dearing actually, Stephen Hitchin in the uh, chat room, going back to the story. Oh, oh Stephen okay, Hitchin, sorry. <laughs> no, Stephen Hitchin makes a good point, actually. He yeah, says, if the width of a 737 cabin hasn't shrunk, and it's still six abreast seating, where has the space gone? Oh, good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. It's an interesting actually. point, isn't it? Yeah. Well, they're probably squeezing another row or something. No, silly, well, no. They? Yeah. But it, it does. <laughs> I mean, I've never really noticed a seat being not wide enough when I've been... Yes, I know, but that's because yeah. you're not of ample build, Carlos. <laughs> this is this is the thing. In 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 my world, it is a, it is very much a notable. If anything, I'd like a wider armrest. Right. Okay. I'd like a wider seat. But anyway, that's just. That's, well, no, genuinely, uh, it's like with with Ryanair. You know, it, it is right on the limit of what is acceptable, what is comfortable for me to. I mean, I don't. I I'm like that close to to needing the extension on the seatbelt thingy for like. You know, and and I, the trouble is, is and you know, I know it's my fault because I'm a bigger guy, etc., etc. But I do feel ve I'm very aware of the poor person who sat next to me, um, mm. especially as with Ryanair and most of the low cost carriers where it's absolutely, you know, where you're sort of packed in, uh, mm. you know, up to the rafters and stuff. I mean, it's not so bad. Like if I've got say like Owen or someone next to me because he takes up, <laughs> takes up about well, yeah, as a as grand as, between space. the two of us, we end up two yeah. average sized human beings. But it's just like. You know. What's your what's your seat like on the um, on the flight deck of the aircraft you fly, Marla? What's your your per, your seat like? I imagine it's um, very comfortable. Well, it's it's okay. You can adjust it various ways, and I have to put it all the way up and all the way forward. But no, yeah, it's fine. It's comfy. Yeah, yeah, and and we've got some really big, tall people in the company, and they can just sit in there as well. So it adjusts really well. Um, you have to kind of find the setting that works for you because if you're sitting there for two, three, four hours. Um, then you can get a little bit uncomfortable, but mm -hmm. I guess that's the case. Is it like the Boeing seats, seats where you've got that kind of sheepskin type? Yes, we've got a nice, nice little sheepskin and the five-point <laughs> belts. Harness, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. That's it's what we need to do, though. We need to move the flight deck seats to the uh, passenger cabin. <laughs> uh, right. Problem okay. solved. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving swiftly on. And uh, we're going to go on to where the express.co.uk. Oh, brace yourselves. <laughs> and uh, this one, the headline here is EasyJet flights set to get even cheaper. 
as the airline reveals a major change for booking. So EasyJet flights are set to become even cheaper after the low-cost airline has decided to get rid of its booking fee. Uh, the change that came in on the 1st of this month, October, uh, will uh, see fares get a lot cheaper for passengers flying on the airline. And also, uh, Britons who have already booked a flight with EasyJet will get a refund as well. And oh, we go pop-ups here galore. So previously, uh, customers' uh, flights uh, were chosen by EasyJet customers uh, had a £16. I've just got another pop-up come up again on this website, Matt. This is really annoying. But it's your favourite shop. I know. <laughs> it's not my favourite uh, pop-up though on here. No, I have okay. to say. Is it going away? It's no? not going away. No, this this is really annoying. Let's try and refresh this story again. Apologies, everyone. This story is <laughs> incredibly annoying. Hang on a minute. There we go. So uh, for uh, the fee meant the booking uh, booking alone could prove more expensive as a solo traveller uh, who was forced to sp uh, spend uh, £16 for a booking fee. However, for a group booking, the cost will be split between everyone in, a, in the party. While scrapping the fee, and it's just done it again. Matt, do you want to take this story? Because this pop-up is going to annoy me to uh, share... Okie dokie. Yeah, Matt's yeah, going to take so, the story. Yeah, so where do we got to? Sorry. So the f sixteen pounds. <laughs> yeah, sixteen pounds. We got to sixteen pounds. Okay. Yeah. So uh, there we go. It's just switching cameras. There we go. So uh, so let, well, let, let's let's. Uh, so the, the 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 fee meant that booking alone could prove more expensive than a solo traveller was forced to spring for the entire sixteen pounds themselves. However, for a group booking, the cost would be split between everyone in the party. While the scrapping of the booking fee may be great news for flights and holidays going forward, will those who have already booked their plane tickets manage to benefit from the price slash? I think the short answer is no. Uh, EasyJet has said that it will not be handling at handing out refunds for those who've already booked. Although some passengers may be frustrated that when that they were not told of this change earlier, the low-cost airline said it cannot give advance warning of charge it changes to fees before it makes them. Uh, what other EasyJet fees could passengers be aware? Should passengers be aware of? Sorry. So one fee passengers have to pay is £25 for an infant, according to the EasyJet website. Airports charge us fees when infants under two years travel this fee covers that cost if you're traveling with an infant who will be seated on your lap only an additional baby changing bag is allowed for the infant that's 45 by 36 by 20 centimeters this must be placed under the seat in front of you if the infant is occupying their own seat they are allowed a cabin bag plus a changing bag uh, other char another charge uh, is the £15 group booking fee for those who want to be sure they all sit together. This applies per passenger per flight. Is what £15 per passenger per flight? It's an awful lot of money, isn't it? Mm. That's probably nearly as much as the damn flight, isn't it? <laughs> anyway, EasyJet says the big benefits of our group booking scheme are that we will block your seats together and that you can add names of the passengers later. I suppose that's kind of handy. Uh, so EasyJet also does not charge for debit and credit card transactions. What's more, airports and security charge and fuel charge are not added to your price. Government taxes are included in the flight price you see when you book and are not extra charges. Last month, EasyJet launched its Speak Now app. It allows customers to search for flights using voice recognition technology with the app initiating a conversation. You're right there, Armando. Armando's one hell of a flies. swat. <laughs> Look at the. Hang on, pop that back. That is that is a beast of a swat. It's just sweating flies. Don't mind me. No, okay, you carry on. 
<laughs> it's just like the carrier has required. Sorry, it's uh, sorry. It allows customers to search for flights using voice recognition technology, with the app initiating a conversation and asking questions to determine determine the booking customers want. The carrier has recorded that to book a typical flight online or on the app takes uh, 12 taps. Yet the Speak Now this can be done in a matter of seconds. EasyJet has partnered with Dialogflow. Uh, Dialogflow, sorry. Google's cloud natural language understanding tool to help create the conversation with the use of artificial intelligent technology. I bet if you put Carlos in front of it and he speaks in his marvellous Norfolk accent, he's got no hope. Can I have a flight to... Um, I'd like a flight, please. I'd Where like are we going? Anywhere please. nice? Hoya hammer hour here, Hinny. That's the Geordie version. I think all all fees should be scrapped. Booking fees, <laughs> any fee, credit card fees, Ticket keys prices. for fees. I mean, I must you admit, you, you, a part of you sort of thinks, why on earth do we have these individual charges? If they're compulsory, if they're not something that that appear as a result of variables or factors, mm. why are they not considered part of the the fee for buying the ticket in the first place so you know if they're not add-on charges if if you're always going to be charged a, a debit card or credit card transaction if you're always going to be charged uh you know like um two pound fifty for you know an admin charge or whatever then i thought they abolished all fees for using credit cards anyway no mm. no no yeah. I think they abolished it on debit cards, mm. but not on credit cards. You can still do what you like on credit. It depends on the on the company. I think it's a mm. it's a company policy rather than a than sort of like you know government legislation. Drinking sw- drinking uh, whiskey there, uh, Armando. Yeah, I just told uh, Lane in the chat room it's a Lagavulin sixteen. Uh, a what now? Cheap stuff. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <coughs> Top shelf whiskey. Anyway, moving swiftly on. Armando, do you want to take the uh, next story uh, with the exploding tires for uh, for Qantas? Yeah, that's right. Qantas has launched an, event, an investigation after four planes in their Q400-8 fleet had tires burst in the space of four weeks. Uh, the Australian airline confirmed to Nine News it has ordered sweeping safety checks on the aircraft with tires on 31 airplanes also being checked. In August, a Gladstone-bound flight had to return to Brisbane when a tire exploded mid-flight. Two weeks later, on September 11th, another Dash 8 had to return to Canberra where one of its tires exploded. Last Wednesday, passengers aboard a Cloncurry-bound uh, flight were startled when they heard a loud bang as they pulled onto the runway. Uh, on Sunday, Qantas flight QF2512 with 72 passengers on board uh, had to circle Brisbane Airport for 90 minutes after another tire ruptured. So Qantas is now working with the tire manufacturer to defer- to determine why the ruptures occurred. The airline maintains all Dash 8s can land safely even with a damaged tire and that all of their aircraft have passed precautionary checks. In the past 12 months, Australian Transportation Safety Bureau uh, has recorded just six tire issues with all Dash 8 aircraft in the country. Um, so this is an interesting story. I did watch some of the videos, and I think Matt played out uh, one of them from a passenger on board. It, it is, uh, you know, it's probably it's probably not sabotage or anything like that. It's probably a bad bad batch of either retread tires or... Um, retread? You know, just... You honestly use retreads on a commercial airliner. Yeah, I don't know about Qantas, but I, you know, I used to buy retreads for my uh, Lancer, so um, it's cheaper. They're supposed to be just as good, but uh, you know, it, it's obviously some kind of manufacturing 
uh, fault. Um, I mean, the, the only know, thing the, the only thing I would say against that is like certainly the, the whole thing is is the fact that they're retread. So it, you know, rubber does perish. I, mm. That's that's the only thing. So if it's been retread, the, the tire is already. If you've had to sort of retread it, essentially the tire is. is you, you think the the forces involved when you do land. I mean, yes, all right. If you're Armando and you land gently all the time, continuously mm. without, <laughs> without fail, then it, perhaps it's less yeah. of an issue. But all it would take is a couple of hard yeah. landings, and if that if that tire is uh. sort of you know the l- rubber has perished, I must admit. I, I personally think I am very surprised that that's allowed. I know I, s- certainly in, in the coaching world, or certainly for the for the very good company that I I work for, you know that it's not something they do. Mm. Not anymore. I anyway. think it's here at least in do. Well, first of all, I don't know that these are retreads. Um, I was just saying if they oh, are sorry. retreads, right, yeah. um, then this could be a, a manufacturing fault or a bad batch. But here in the trucking industry and 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 buses here, I, you know, I don't know about buses, but I know for trucking, uh, certainly uh, retread is a common thing. Um, and it, and in general aviation, um, retreads are a common thing. But uh, either way, there is an issue with some of the tires to have four and four weeks, um, when previously there was six and 12 months. Uh, and then and then it's specific to the Q400-8 fleet. So I, I'm sure they'll, they'll be able to get to the bottom of this and uh, every tire has markings on it that tells exactly what batch it came from, when, when it was produced, where it was produced. Um, so uh, I'm sure they'll be able to to, uh, to find the cause of this and, and fix it pretty quick. We've got uh, another candidate for uh, Nev's uh, media files again oh, really? on this story, okay, uh, Armando. Yeah. Um, the story is I'm about if I can uh, bring it up. a Dash 8Q400. Uh, just looking at the picture on the story. That's a that's a really interesting Dash 8 Q400. Is, is, is it, is it, is Would it you say it's a Dash 8 Q400, Marla? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it, is it, hang on, is it, is it, is it here? It. Hang on. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing it now. Hang on. There here you go. We go. For uh, those in the chat room watching in the live YouTube uh, room, this is... Uh, a lovely uh, picture of me. A, a lovely uh, picture of Matt. <laughs> I've done it again. Um, <laughs> there we go. That's, uh, that's Nine News's picture of a Dash 8 <laughs> Q400. Um, uh. They must uh, have geez. had a uh, revamp on the engines. Um, and and, uh, uh, and the fuselage and the, the tail and the wings. And the, <laughs> the cockpit. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> Are you, in <laughs> fact, <laughs> suggesting that that isn't the aircraft they're talking about? Uh, it, it's <laughs> a little bit maybe. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So yeah. I, mean, I tell you what, you know, I mean, Nev's got so much. If he ever wants to do a segment specialising in media files, I mean, he's got, he's got loads. so much material now. It's just not funny. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, Mike, Micah in the chat room saying, "Love those PT sixes on that uh, DC 9 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh, Micah. Uh, yeah, regarding the Qantas story, so Tony S says we use a lot of retreads here in the UK. Um, so okay. there you go. Apparently, well, it's a thing. Well, I'll I'm, tell you what, you've only, got, you've only got to drive along the motorway here in the UK. Obviously, and left behind, left yeah. behind everywhere. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I know. Tell yeah. me about it. Yeah. Oh, here's a here's a good one. Certainly not a good year for them. Oh. <laughs> Stephen Hitchin. Oh. <laughs> who did, who said who said that? Oh. That's from Stephen Hitchin. Okay, could you put Stephen please on a ten minute timer for that, please? <laughs> ten that's minute timer. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. On the naughty on. step. Put him on we'll the naughty step. Or, naughty step. Yeah. or we could just give him the title show or the show for the title. Title for the show. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> Somebody send that to me in a WhatsApp because I've forgotten. Not in 10 a good minutes. year. Yeah, not a good year. Go on. Send, 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 oh, yeah. Someone send. Oh, someone send somebody WhatsApp that WhatsApp to me. So to that the I, so that when I'm going, what is the show title? I'm going, because we had a really good one. Hello, my phone's just got off. 
Wonder why. Um, <laughs> guff off. Guff, guff, guff off. off. Guff, you're, guff you're struggling off. tonight, I am struggling aren't you? You really are struggling tonight. You mean we should... I'm, 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 so I was going to say we should we should send that to the plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six. Yes, everybody send well that to me now. Well done, you. Or you can be like Jonathan Warner and just send me hundreds of ping notifications because I'd left my 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 yeah. noises on on my computer. But anyway. <laughs> so the next uh, story is, is this over yet? Is uh, <laughs> is on Flight Global. It's uh, Nev's favourite. Uh, Website, he does love a font. Of font. Mm. And uh, Milo, you're going to take uh, this, uh, this A300 story. Right. Airbus, uh, it's not Flight Global. And Airbus begins UPS Honeywell A300 cockpit trials. So that's interesting. Let's see. Airbus has begun flight tests of the Honeywell Avionics upgrade for the A300-600 freighter fleet of UPS, a modified A300-600F, Amazon, 868 made its first flight from Airbus Toulouse plant on the 12th of September. We have started testing cockpit equipment and functionality, says Airbus. Awesome stuff. Airbus expects the cockpit upgrade to be certificated next year to allow UPS to take delivery of the first aircraft in mid to late 2020. It's featured, it features an advanced electronic flight instrumentation system based on Honeywell's Primus Epic Flight Deck. And if you're uh, li listening or watching on YouTube, you can actually see the cockpit they're talking about now on the screen. That looks brilliant. It does look quite posh, doesn't it? I like it. I like it quite a bit, to be honest. I wouldn't mind flying that. I mean, it doesn't no. scream at me that it's massively different to the left-hand side, if you see what I mean. Because well, they've done a very nice split-screen thing there. I mean, it's just like an aid to, isn't it, rather than... Well, they've, what they, they haven't reinvented the wheel, essentially. Well, it, it's, moved, it's moved a lot of the, the dial, the, you know, the, the actual other yeah. func func functioning steam gauges from yeah. the left-hand side, from the current cockpit, combined them into two separate screens. Yeah. So they'll be able to switch the displays on Whichever those two screens time, yeah. to show what other functions are... Of, of what they had before on the old flight deck. It reminds me a little bit of what they've done with my aircraft, actually. Oh, is yours, Matt? Yours had this. W we've got a glass cockpit version and a regular version, and the regular version looks a little bit like the left and, hmm? and the other one like the right, and no. it's it's nice to see that... Because you've flown both now, haven't you? Yes, I yeah, have. And which do you prefer? Um, I I don't know, actually. Do In the beginning, I used to prefer the, 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 the old version because I was used to that, but mm. now that I've got some experience on the other one I really like that too do you mm. not find though with the glass screens Milo that, that you get loads of sort of fingerprints and, fingerprints yeah. and, and people sort of you know you get fingerprints left on the screen which is really annoying if you get glare uh, well, no, the it's, thing it's, is it's only annoying if it's you well yeah because you hate stuff like that don't you <laughs> we, we don't have any no, really. buttons near the screens at all so your hands technically shouldn't even be there. Mm. I think I think I think Armando's so agreeing with bad. you. Yeah, he doesn't like it either. Yeah, <laughs> you're completely right, Myla. There are no buttons, which is perplexing <laughs> why people touch the screen. I fly a lot of G1000 aircraft, and I I still don't know why. I don't know if it's like a hey, here's the map, Look here's the this. icon on the map, here's the, here's the widget, here's the thingamajig. Stop touching the screen on on the two of the airplanes that I fly. We actually printed out some. Um, some labels that say "Don't touch the screen." It's not a touch screen. No. Yeah, because the trouble is when you get glare on there, it does. You can. It, you know, it really you can does. See the, you can see the fingerprints. Yeah, it's not yeah. very good. Well, 
And then you have to use a special spray and a special rag for it because you yeah. can't just Windex it and paper no. towel because you know yes. it's an incredibly expensive screen. Yeah. You know, speaking of touch screens, the the Garmin G750. I, I fly one airplane that's got a large touch screen uh, GPS in it, and um, I'm not a fan at all of. I mean, in bumpy skies, it's, it's you gotta figure out a way to put your hand on the bezel and then you know touch the button. It's, exactly. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of. Uh, of touchscreen no. in aviation. Me neither. That's just me. When you hear the calls on the radio to say fly heading this or fly altitude that, your hand should automatically go to wherever that specific button yeah. is. So you, you shouldn't be even near the screen in your muscle memory anyway. So I agree with you. Yeah. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. So so great for the A300. <laughs> yeah. For the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So. You know, uh, yeah, carry on. Uh, I, I was going to say, Carlos, before before we go on, uh, kind of a unique, since we're talking about UPS, uh, here in the U.S., I, I saw an, another article that said UPS was just granted a Part 135 certificate for its for the first drone airline in the world. So, yeah, UPS, I'm sure we can t- talk about it next week, but uh, I think UPS is looking forward to staying up with Amazon and their unmanned uh, aircraft fleet. But they... Yeah, it's a uh, they they got issued a part 135 certificate from the FAA for uh, all drone airline. Nice. So we'll see what that uh, looks like in the future. Nice. That's cool. That's pretty cool. Okay. So we've had our first video sent via the no. uh, via the. Have you vetted the video uh, though, Matt? I haven't. No, but it oh. has. Uh, and the only thing that makes me slightly nervous is it has come from Jonathan Warner. Oh dear. So, uh, but uh, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, uh, sorry. I've because I, I bought the thing up. I can't quite see what. Uh, it's uh, so it's uh, apparently this is a four Rolls Royce Conways of oh, the VC10, yeah. uh, deafening the crowd at Bruntingthorpe. Look, here we go. So uh, this will be of interest to Mr. Landwall, no doubt as well. Uh, here we go. The, the noise of these these Conways is so cool. Cool is that? Yeah, we got the chance. Me and uh, Nev got the chance to go on on board that when we went to to Brunty, not so long ah, back. Yeah, yeah, lucky yeah. You. That was very good, very good, interesting because it's obviously based on a passenger aircraft, so it's very, um, you know, it's nice inside. It's got good, nice. The chairs inside that. I tell you what, the seats inside that. If they had those in economy now. It would be uh, there'd be no arguments at all. And uh, one one last one from Jonathan Warner here. Oh. So this this is uh, Captain Al taxiing to depart after taking me and Philip Davis to Duxford for that meetup that we had back in uh, I think it was April time, wasn't it? Something oh yes, like yeah, 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 right, yeah, yeah. Look at that. That is hopefully he steered to the right on that picture when he took off. Right, but, okay. Um, yeah, didn't sort of go over the house. You don't think. Or, or through the hedge. Anyway, uh, through I the see. Hedge. I see. Uh, Mr. Lanwarn has just sent me a message as well. So oh, we'll, we'll, we'll look at that in a minute. Anyway, carry on. So carry uh, on. that's where we bring the commercial news. We're going to regret doing the uh, WhatsApp thing. For no, the show not at all. So uh, that's where we bring the commercial news segment to a close. But up next, we have our last uh, instalment oh, yeah. uh, from the Biggin Hill Festival of Flight. Just want to say before we play the video again that a uh, big thanks to everyone at the Festival of Flight at Biggin Hill who uh, who helped to make the day absolutely fantastic for me, Matt and Nev. Uh, Ali, special mention to Ali who uh, sorted out all our interviews and done all the log- logistics 
for our day at uh, at the Biggin Hill Festival of Flight. She really did uh, pull all the, uh, the you know pull all the stops out for us, didn't she, Matt? She did. Absolutely, it was a completely incredible day, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, and the weather was awesome. It was acceptable. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was very acceptable. Did Nev get burnt on that trip? I can't remember. Um, he did. Well, you only have to put Nev outside for about ten seconds, and, and he, he burns. And he, and he yeah. burns so yeah. yeah, so I think he was fairly burnt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, video, we're going to play that out for you right now. Uh, are we? Okay, here we go. So we've been very privileged indeed again today to be able to uh, come over uh, towards the background of the Heritage Hang, which is behind us, and we're here to talk to uh, Don Sigourney. How are you, Don? Very well, thanks. So, Don, what do you do here at uh, Biggin Hill? Uh, my normal day job is flying passengers in the two-seat Spitfire, so I do that five days a week pretty much throughout the year. Um, and then occasionally we have air displays like this. I fly one of the single-seaters or the Hurricane for air displays. So, Don, I think it's safe to say, I think the listeners will agree, you have probably got one of the best jobs in aviation. Uh, yeah, it's not bad. If you've got to go to work, there are worse ways of doing it. Um, most people tend to say that, but the problem is, like every job, it does become a little bit repetitive. But, as I said, at the end of the day, if you've got to sit in the cockpit, there are worse ones to sit in. So, any preference between the two aircraft, Dom? Uh, when you mean that, do you mean the Hurricane and the Spitfire? The Hurricane and the Spitfire. You're, um, always work? the Spitfire, I think. It's a nicer aeroplane to fly. The Hurricane's obviously got its, its own uh, attractions. Um, it's a slightly easier aeroplane to fly on the runway, certainly. Uh, you can see a lot more, um, but it's not as manoeuvrable. A uh, little bit heavier on the controls. Uh, you know, the Spitfire's the thoroughbred, really. How do you become, go from general flying to, to flying something like the Spitfire and the Hurricane? I mean, wh what path did you follow to get to this position? Okay, well, I started off with a flying scholarship uh, in 1978, so I learned to fly then, got up my PPL, and then I joined the Royal Navy as, as a pilot. So I flew in the Royal Navy for 20 years, and one of the jobs I had as a second duty was flying and then running the Royal Navy historic flight. So I used to fly the Seafier and the Firefly mainly which is really you know, a great grounding for this sort of thing. I mean, the Spitfire is just ba a baby firefly, really, in many respects. Much lighter, a little bit more nimble. So the techniques of flying any big, heavy piston tail dragger is pretty much the same. So once you've done, you know, flown on one, then they're all very much a case of just learning what, what the differences are, um, the systems of the aeroplane, and just its, its own individual handling quirks. But uh, they're all pretty much the same. You know, pull the stick back, the earth gets smaller, push the stick forward, the earth gets bigger. <laughs> So how did things start for you, Don, Where, from the very beginning? Was it the kind of the PPL, then making your way up to...? Yeah, as I said, I, I, I basically applied for and got a flying scholarship yeah. through the CCF when I was at school. So I got my PPL um, and then decided very quickly that I didn't want to go to university and be an engineer. I actually wanted to fly for a living, so I applied for and joined the Royal Navy for the fleet hour arm um, and went through the training there, ended up on the Sea Harrier. So flew the Sea Harrier operationally as a day oh. job um, and then instructed on that and the Hawk and the Hunter. Um, and then, as I said, meantime as well, flying the historic flight aircraft, so displaying the Firefly and the Sea Fury mainly. It's safe to say you've had a great career. It's not bad, yeah. yeah. I then, after 20 years, went into the airlines, um, flew there for a number of years, and then into corporate aviation flying business jets. Uh, and about five and a half years ago, decided I wanted a life back um, and did something completely different, just carried on flying. And then just over four years ago, got a phone call, asked me if I wanted to come and fly for the Heritage Hangar. Wow. So I've been here full time pretty much since then. So what commercial airliners did you fly for the airlines? I flew the Embraer 145 uh, for a company called British Regional Airlines, which was a great company, but unfortunately got bought out by British Airways and uh, all the problems with a big airline like BA sort of came home to roost uh, and they asset stripped the company effectively and then sold it off to Flybe. So I left before that happened. 
So some of the characteristics of the flying you do, obviously you fly the Spitfire and the Hurricane. Yeah. Um, you know, tell us a bit about each of the aircraft and, and the performance of both of those aircraft. Well, they're both obviously 80 year old plus by design fighters. Um, as I said, the Spitfire is more of a thoroughbred. It was certainly an aeroplane that got developed much more through its life. The Hurricane basically was the same aeroplane at the start of the war as the end of the war pretty much. Um, whereas the Spitfire went through many, many marks. Um, bigger engines, longer fuselage. Um, but as I said, the, the, the Spitfire really is a, you know, the, the real sports car, whereas it's probably a bit like comparing a Ferrari with an MGB. You know, they're both sports cars, but um, one handles a lot differently. Um, it's certainly a much slicker. If you look at the wing shape, or particularly the wing thickness of the Spitfire, you'll notice it's a very thin wing compared with the Hurricane. So as an example, if you've got the two aeroplanes flying alongside at the same power setting, same speed, and lower the nose and do nothing else, the Spitfire will pull away very quickly because it picks up speed very quickly because it hasn't got as much drag. The aircraft you fly here, Don, are they both original aircraft built back you know, towards the, the end of the Second World War? Are these new? No, no, these, these are aircraft that flew during the war. Yeah. They're original aeroplanes. Obviously, there's been an element of restoration and refurbishment, um, but they're pretty much as they were. And the restoration that goes on with the guys here at the Heritage Hangar, is that all done, is that volunteers, are these uh, engineers? No, no, it, it's, it's a commercial operation, so they're you know, full-time engineers are on a full salary, um, and that, you know, labour of love of course as well, but um, they're passionate about what they do and very good about it. So Dom, plans for the future, what, anything you, uh, you've got sort of in the, on the back burner, say, waiting to, uh, to go on to? Um, Flying-wise, no, I'm quite happy here, um, we'll wait and see. Uh, nobody's told me I'm sacked yet, so hopefully I've got a job <laughs> next year, but you never know. Um, aviation is one of those fickle industries, you can never really say what ifs or whatevers. Um, just wait and see what comes along, but um, I'm quite happy to stay here and see my, see my flying career out, if that's how it pans out. Um, but you never know, as I said, things change. So Don, before we wrap up, one of the last questions we always ask pilots that we interview for the show all across the world is, Given the chance to fly any aircraft, either retired or flying, commercial, military, GA, you could you could jump right in now behind us here and go off for a flight, what would it be? An aeroplane that I haven't flown, it would either be the Lightning or the Mosquito. Excellent choices. One's, well, I don't think we've had those on the show before, no? so good choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah, definitely one of those two, I think. Brilliant. Well, Don, thank you ever so much for your time. It's been great to speak to you, and I'm sure the listeners will appreciate uh, to hear what you've been up to and the aircraft you're flying. Before we go, how can the uh, listeners find out more about uh, what you do? Um, go to our website, the Biggin Hill Heritage Hangar. If you Google that, Biggin Hill Heritage Hangar at Biggin Hill, um, all the information's on there about what we do, um, both flying in, flying with, flying alongside, looking around the hangar, sitting in a spit, all those sorts of things, just a hangar tour, um, all the information's there. Brilliant. Don, thanks for joining us and uh, thanks for being on the show. You're and welcome. Have a great day. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. I'd forgotten how windy it was. It was really windy. <laughs> but it was warm. It? Yeah, it, it, it was warm. warm. No, it was warm. Yeah, no, I'll give you that. What a job Don's got, though. Yeah. I mean, imagine what, waking up in the morning and saying, oh, what am I going to do today? I'll fly a Spitfire. And I'll fly a Spitfire. Yeah. Oh, perhaps I'll have a go of oh, a, a Hurricane. Know. Yeah, yeah. 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 Basically, anything with a Merlin engine in it. And, yeah, I, and, yeah, I'm, yeah. and I'm going. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Big thanks to Don for that. That was great to speak to him there. And yeah, that kind of wraps up our. 
uh, Big and Hill interviews. What an uh, incredible, what an incredible set of interviews very we got good. from that. Actually, yeah. yeah, I think we should go back there next year. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Jonathan Warner is complimenting you, by the way, on your muff control. Great muff Thank control. Thank you, by Mr. The way. Warner. That's very Absolutely. kind of you. Yes, yes. Despite the windy weather, you did very well. <laughs> yes, yes. That, that, uh, Nev does have a, a fantastic fabulous muff. muff. He does. Yeah. Absolutely, it's award-winning. Yeah. <laughs> so, moving swiftly on. <laughs> Family show. Family show. That's your. That's your bit. That is. Sorry. Shall I? Shall I do it properly? Uh, family show, ladies and gentlemen. Family show. That's another ten pound in the pot. Is it? Excellent. Right. Yeah. So uh, we are on commission with APG, right? I think. Yeah. yeah APG. Yeah, okay, um, yeah. They must. I think they owe you around about five and a half million. <laughs> Splendid. Uh, lovely, dollars yeah. now. Enough so, for yeah. a flight out to Charlotte, then. Certainly. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to hand things yeah. over to Armando to introduce the next part of the show. Yeah, Carlos, what a good interview and a great segue into the military segment. And we're going to continue on with that World War II theme if you guys are ready to go. Let's go. Oh, yes, why not? <laughs> Get me. <laughs> I'm getting the hang of this. You are getting good at this. <laughs> are you going to tell me off for talking all over the jingles now? No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Armando, you're live. All right, guys. So um, as we n most likely know, we suffered the loss of a mm. B-17 um, just a few days ago in Connecticut. And uh, this was a B-17 um, called 909. It was part of the Collins Foundation. Um, they did uh, suffer a uh, mishap and a... Uh, seven fatalities in a crash um, there when they were doing one of their demonstration flights. Um, so instead of focusing on the sort of obvious tragedy of it, um, I had a friend that uh, both had flown in 909 and flown with the pilot, uh, Mac. Um, so if you guys will indulge me for a second, I'm actually just going to um, read his uh, response to, to this B-17 crash. Um, so this is from Joe Caraggio. Joe is a Reno Air Race pilot. He's uh, uh, number race 611. He's uh, ramp rat racing. And uh, he writes, Yesterday's tragic loss of friends and passengers on the B-17-909 made for a difficult day for many. I've only been a volunteer on the tour with the group a few times earlier this year where I had the privilege of flying 909 with Mac. I can't say I knew him as well as most of the other volunteers that that knew him and he barely knew me yet he looked after me and shared as much knowledge and experience with me as he could in our short time flying together uh, you couldn't help but learn a lot from a guy like him if you pay attention mac had a particular way he had expectations of his co-pilots and his crew members he had techniques born of his decades of experience as often can be the case in flying and surely in my flying experience with mac Sometimes the test comes before the lesson. He could be curt and a no nonsense uh, and no nonsense during these times until you knew better. But he was the kind of guy who was also generous with giving you the lesson. His methods and my respect for his knowledge, abilities and experience surely made me work harder to learn more and perform better each time I flew or worked with him. His presence, leadership, knowledge, experience and ways will sorely be missed by all who knew him. Uh, yesterday's events also opened up many more thoughts for me, mostly pertaining to why we fly these old airplanes and do some of the things we do as pilots, whether it's racing, formation, aerobatics, backcountry, etc. We undoubtedly 
accept more risk by doing so. But we do it with open eyes and our focus on identifying and mitigating these to the maximum extent possible. By and large, we do a good job of this. Unfortunately, there are always aspects out of our control, even with risks identified and robust mitigation strategies. But we do these things because it is who we are. We are pilots. We get our enjoyment from flying. We believe in our missions and understand their value. We aren't wired to sit on the sidelines and watch life go by. We get involved and we live true to who we are as participants in life. Sharing these living pieces of history like 909 with others is unique and humbling experience. It is much more than a cool airplane ride or a cool type in your logbook. It's sharing history in very real way, in a very real way for kids. It's giving a veteran who served the chance to experience the sights, smells, and feeling of their time in service. Uh, it's giving their families a way to connect with these servicemen uh, who, and get closer to them, whether they are still here or not. It's honoring the greatest generation. It's getting millennials out of the house to experience something that's not on a screen. It's a noble, important mission, and I'm a better person for being a small part of it. Mac made sure of that. Um, so that's a firsthand account, and uh, and if if you guys will uh, again sort of bear with me for a second, I'll read a little bit about the history of 909, the aircraft itself. Um, so it was actually 909 was built too late to serve in World War II. It was later rebuilt to resemble the original 909, who was a veteran of the bombing campaign over Europe. The aircraft had a long post-war career, including a stint as a target in nuclear tests before a lengthy rebuilding process restored her to flying condition. The bomber did have a close call in 1987 when a landing mishap severely damaged the aircraft. The original 909 was a Boeing B-17G Flying Fortress. Uh, nearly 13,000 B-17s were built of, over the course of World War II, serving both in the Pacific and European theaters. Each four-engine bomber had a crew of 10, a top speed of 287 miles per hour, and could carry a payload of 4,500 uh, pounds of bombs on a long-distance bombing mission. The B-17 was assigned to the 323rd Bomb Squadron, 91st Bomb Group. 909 was a was part of the le legendary 8th Air Force, a bomber force that struck strategic targets across Germany and occupied Europe. The aircraft's name came from its serial number, the last three digits of which were 909. The airplane's nose art depicted a revolutionary war soldier holding a telescope and riding a bomb. Uh, the original 909 was assigned to 8th Air Force in 1944. By 1945, she had flown 140 missions without a single mission abort. Uh, it is believed to be the 8th Air Force record for most missions. 909 also never lost a crewman as a casualty. The bomber made 18 trips to Berlin, flew 1,129 hours, and dropped 2,810 tons of bombs. Uh, the bomber was dismantled after the war, and the second 909 was built at Long Beach, California by the Douglas Aircraft Company, accepted for U.S. Army Air Force service in 1945. That aircraft never saw combat, but was converted to an SB-17G search and rescue aircraft in 1951 and served in Puerto Rico. The aircraft later served as part of the uh, Military Air Transport Service, the precursor to the current day Air Mobility Command in the U.S. Air Force. 
1952, it was retired from U.S. military service. The aircraft was renamed Miss Yucca, or Yucca, uh, parked on a nuclear test range in Nevada, where she was subjected to three different nuclear ex explosions to test the effects of nuclear weapons on aircraft. After a 13-year cooling down period to allow radiation to subside, the bomber was sold to scrap to the aircraft specialties company, which began a lengthy restoration. The bomber then served 20 years as a forest fire water bomber, uh, dropping water and borate on forest fires. In 1986, the bomber was finally sold to the Collins Foundation, which restored the aircraft to wartime condition as 909. Um, following the crash, 909 was or, or suffered a crash shortly after that, but it was restored for a third time, stopping at over 1,200 locations before the accident this week where uh, seven people tragically lost their lives. So the investigation is going on and we'll um, figure out here in the near future what uh, what uh, must have happened inside that aircraft. And, you know, I, I've told a couple people already that uh, these are some of the most experienced pilots in the world, incredibly methodical, meticulous. Um, so whatever must have happened uh, must have been, you know, something uh, obviously uh, catastrophic as as my friend Joe said so I take it the investigation will be taken uh, by the NTSB Armando yes and I'm also guessing that this probably hasn't got uh, flight recorders in um, most likely not but uh, you know this is a it's, it's a, I wouldn't call it a tourist aircraft there's there is I'm sure plenty of witnesses on the ground usually when they do these uh, demonstration rides um, there's a queue of people waiting to fly. There's the entire ground crew, the support crew, uh, the air traffic control folks in the, in the tower at Bradley International. Um, so I, I'm sure they'll be able to reconstruct. And, and by all accounts so far, you know, I, I think Micah uh, did a segment for local news um, agency. Yeah, he did, he's, yeah. You know, he's up there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, by all accounts, it had an, an, an engine issue with the number four. It, it flew around, came back for... A landing which I can only imagine that they practice you know incessantly doing a three engine landing but uh, again something after it got on the ground must have gone wrong and uh, and resulted in, in, in the mishap so uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll uh, get firsthand accounts and you know and witness statements and and, uh, and and then there's the seven survivors so we'll figure out uh, lots of love in the chat room by the way uh, for uh, reading your reading of that, by the way, Armando. So, uh, yeah, a, a very touching story, as they're saying. So, uh, yeah, good good choice there. It's uh, nice to hear a bit about the aircraft itself as well. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, indeed. Uh, it's uh, Lois, has, Lois Lane has just woken up, by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. Lois has woken up. <laughs> indeed. Well, I think that's a perfect cue to move on to our next story, Carlos. Next story is on the popularmechanics.com website. And uh, the Air Force says here, wants to turn the C-5 Galaxy into a flying hospital. It's definitely got the room for that, that's for sure. <laughs> so the U.S. Air Force is taking a hard look at using the C-5 Super Galaxy airlifter in the aeromedical evacuation role. The C-5M's carnivorous cargo area, plus newly added electrical capacity, will be useful ferrying wounded troops, refugees and injured personnel out of war zones and natural disaster areas. The Super Galaxy's long legs make it capable of crossing the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans in a single bound, quickly bringing those in need of medical care 
back to the continental U.S. The CFO Galaxy is the largest uh, aircraft in the U.S. military arsenal, operated by the U.S. Air Force. The monstrous plane is 247 feet long, with a wingspan of 228 or 222.8 feet. Uh, the C-5 can easily carry a quarter of a million pounds of cargo or passengers, and the jet's carnivorous fuel tanks allow it to fly up to five and a half thousand miles unfueled, long enough to make non-stop flights from Yokata Air Base in Japan to Travis Air Force Base in California, or uh, Inklik Air Base in Turkey to Dover Air Force Base in Delaware. Uh, in the late 2000s, the Air Force upgraded the uh, 52 of their C-5 Galaxies to the new C-5M Super Galaxy standard. The M upgrade includes new, more reliable engines, glass cockpits, all-weather flight control systems and GPS navigation. All of these uh, plus a cargo box 13.5 feet high, 19 feet wide and 143.7 feet long, making the Super Galaxy a large and useful piece of flying real estate. According to uh, the Air Force magazine, the service is pondering turning that real estate into a flying ambulance. The Super Galaxy's huge internal volume of 34,000 cubic feet of space, plus its ability to power life-saving medical devices, make it an attractive proposal for airlifting people in need of medical attention. The C5M could not only move people out of war zones or disaster areas, it can also move scores of them in a single flight. The aircraft would embark Air Force critical care teams to keep the injured stable until they reach their destination. The Air Force's uh, C-130s and C-17 transports currently fulfill the aeromedical evacuation role, with the C-17 capable of carrying up to 60 stretchers at a time. The C-5M, the Air Force thinks, could lift more than 100 stretchers at a time. That would be particularly useful in a wartime scenario. In addition to the evacuation role, uh, the C-5M could also bring in emergency workers and medical and disaster relief supplies. A C-5M could load up to 281,000 pounds of food and water and water purification supplies, rescue equipment, tents and first aid supplies, unloading the, the uh, contents at the airport to those who need the help. Uh, the C-5M would also face some challenges in the aeromedical role. The big plane is less capable of taking off and landing from smaller, unimproved runways, particularly those devastated by natural disasters. Then again, the, uh, all the aircraft would have problems in the major disaster. Uh, the Air Force maintains several rapid response civil engineer units, known as Red Horse uh, teams, to swoop in during emergencies and work to quickly open airports and air bases. The C-5M is currently being available evaluated for the medical evacuation role with concept currently being tested during the mobility guardian exercises. If the airplane is certified for the job, the US Air Force uh, would have an unmatched ability to scoop uh, evacuees and ferry them to safety. And the C-5M is expected to operate in the US Air Force service through to the 2040s. Wow, that's uh, not a bad lifespan. Wow. But uh, I take it you've probably uh, been on board one of these in your time, Armando? I have. It's an incredibly large airplane. Uh, even as a career aviator, I was always amazed at, at how the C-5 even gets off the ground. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so to be clear, the, the C-17, C-5, C-130s, um, num numerous other cargo aircraft has always have always had the capability to put stanchions uh, in the cargo cargo compartment and go into a medical configuration. I think what they're 
perhaps talking about is a fully configured hospital uh, aircraft um, where it remains in that con configuration. That would be, you know, especially in a C-5, it, what an, an amazing capability. I, I think the U.S. Navy has two ships um, that they regularly send to disaster areas, um, and, it, and it is a, a floating hospital um, capable of over a thousand uh, patients. Wow. Um, so having the capability to to uh, send a C five into uh, an area in need um, mm. is uh, be would be really interesting and, and a, just a great capability. I think it would be the the only capability of its type in the world. So just for clarification, would that be like an operating theater, or, or would patients actually stay in there, or would they be in like a tent camp and then go into the airplane and out of it, or how how does yeah. that work? So some of the most um, elite medical teams in the world already have the ability to do an operation in the air. And I've seen them practice this um, wow. where the aircraft are outfitted with an oxygen system, <clears throat> surgical lights, um, su uh, suction, uh, an entire medical kit. And, and they regularly practice this, um, unfortunately, fortunately, unfortunately, on pigs, which have the, the closest anatomy yeah. as far as I know. Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, so they'll take a, a live pig and do all the way up to open heart surgery on an aircraft, um, some of these joint medical teams. Um, so they, they're already capable of doing something like that, but I, I it's a pretty, um, I guess, modular roll-on setups. So I think to have a section of the airplane where they can do you know, an operating theater, an operating room, um, I think that's probably what they're talking about as, as well as, you know, a permanent, uh, as you see in the, in the picture on the article there, there's already litters, um, with a, with a seat pallet where you can take, you know, ambulatory patients, probably 50 ambulatory patients and, and maybe 50, uh, litter borne patients. So, uh, wow. yeah, it, it'd be, uh, all the way up to, to open heart surgery, I'm sure. And then they provide extra oxygen for, Altitude compensation? Or? Yeah, um, we had these. So we've retired the uh, MC-130 Papa, um, which is uh, originally used as a search and rescue airplane. That, air, that aircraft actually had extra regulators. So you could put uh, extra crew members as well as passengers on oxygen. Um, right. So yes. you can, yeah. Wow, that's impressive. Mm. So that was good. Well done. So next story. Uh, who wants to take this, Myla? Yes. Myla, yeah. I'm going to take this one. It is by military.com. Bell unveils new 360 Invictus attack helicopter for Army's future wars. Bell has unveiled its proposed single rotor design for the US Army's future attack Renekons aircraft, Farah, a cutting edge helicopter that may be option optionally manned. The 360 Vink helicopter will be loaded with a 20 millimeter cannon and an integrated munitions launcher able to carry hellfire missiles or rockets it will be able to adapt for future weapon integration in order to fight in urban environments according to Bell Bell showcased its design to reporters at its facilities in Arlington Virginia on Tuesday the Army realized that they absolutely do need a smaller aircraft that's able to operate in urban canyons as well as out in mixed terrain, said Jeffrey Sch Schlusler? Schlusser? Schlusser? 
Executive Vice President for Strategic Pursuit at Bell. So, I mean, is there anything else that um, we're having trouble opening the rest of the article here in the UK? So I don't know whether there's a bit of a hiccup. Uh, with the thing. Is there anything else that we need to know from that article, Armando? Uh, other than it's probably a, the coolest looking helicopter out there. <laughs> <laughs> Can I just say, Matt, if you put the, if you, if, well, Matt Holmes, you've got the, the picture to put up, but okay, don't you think, Armando, this looks like a posh version of Airwolf? Yeah, I can hear the music. I so if if Matt, if Matt can get the picture yeah, here for those of you in the yeah. chat room watching in YouTube, well, um, this to me just looks like a really posh version of Airwolf in in, in yeah. green, in a dark green rather you know, than black. It probably is a forty-five-year-old aeronautical engineer that designed this to be like, I have the perfect idea for this helicopter. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, um, this is, uh, it's uh, yeah. brilliant. Uh, well, it the 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 rest of the article is unsurprisingly vague. Uh, so it said the uh, Schlosser said the uh, the, thir the 360 Invictus has quote high cruise speeds, long range capabilities, and advanced maneuverability, all intended to help it dominate the future battle space. Oh, I think we should do the news from with with background music like that from now on. <laughs> um, yeah, they're talking about uh, 200 mile per hour aircraft. Uh, you know, modular system, and the best part of it is it fits into a 40 foot container shipping container so you can pack a couple of them into a c17 or a c5 actually uh, captain nick in the chat room hello to you captain nick nice to see you in the chat room he uh, uh, says does it have whisper mode oh yes you remember whisper mode i said love it I bet you it probably yeah. will have that's a chocolate probably one, will it? have yeah. whisper mode. and armored <laughs> rotor blades oh nice yeah absolutely yeah. is that what's when they fire at it and you get all the sparks and the yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It's still one of my favourite shows from the 80s. That really is. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely, yeah. I'm yeah. sure it can also hover over uh, the target vehicle and then squirt out oil from, you know, from two things oh, like yeah. a James Bond Absolutely. vehicle. Yeah, yeah. And that was Kit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh. See, now, see, I'm a Knight Rider fan. That was, yeah. that was my baby. I loved it. Actually, loved on, on the subject yeah. of helicopters, and uh, this will probably be too, way too old for even Armando to remember. Do you remember right. Blue Thunder? No. Ah, no, see, look, no everyone's idea. blank no, face. Look, someone in the yeah. chat room will probably remember the show Blue Thunder. Right, right, okay. Anyway, I'm going to take the next. Just story Google it, Armando. Yeah, Google okay, it. While everybody's having that uh, in process. Yeah, okay. In process. <laughs> Processing. Uh, anyway, corporatejetinvestor.com uh, is the next website, and the headline is Philippine Air Force orders Gulfstream G280. So Philippine Air Force has placed an order with Gulfstream for a G280, which uh, the manufacturer says it will be used in a command and control role. It is believed that the G280 will operate for the 250th Presidential Airlift lift Wing based in Pasay City in Greater Manila. The uh, aircraft will likely be outfitted with extensive communications equipment, although it's currently unclear if it will be outfitted for use in a full surveillance and intelligence role. The G280's unmatched performance, combined with the backup of our world-renowned customer support, make it an agile and reliable platform for the Philippine Air Force, says Mark Burns, who's the president of Gulfstream. With more than 70 speed records and the ability to operate at steep approach airports, the G280 can perform a variety of challenging missions. Uh, according to a December 2018 article on Filipino news website Inquirer.net, former Air Force Chief Lieutenant General Galileo, uh, Gerard um, Kit Kitana, 
uh, said in his outgoing speech that the Air Force uh, would take delivery of two control and command aircraft in 2019. The government has been using aircraft from Philippine Airlines for overseas travel, although it does operate an aging Fokker F-27 turboprop as well as uh, whatever, a turboprop that was. Turboprop. <laughs> we'll go with a prop instead, shall we? As well as an equally aging Fokker F-28 jet aircraft. You're really trying to trip me up this week, aren't you, Armando? Tur turboprop. That's how we yeah. measure horsepower. <laughs> that is indeed. <laughs> well, it is uh, National uh, National Animal Day in uh, in the yep. Netherlands, so there we are. So both Fokker aircraft were previously operated by Philippine Airlines. I promise you I'm not swearing. Uh, it is believed that the other control and command aircraft will be, uh, is it CASA C295M turboprop? A US Department right. of Defense DOD contract notice dated the 17th of September states that Gulfstream had won an order from the Philippine Air Force to for the supply of one aircraft parts and a two-year logistic support. The DOD notice stated that the total contract value is uh, $31,899,999. I don't know why they don't just sort of round it up to 31.9 million dollars but that's that would be too boring i suppose anyway the current list price for the g280 is 24000 uh, sorry 20 uh, what is it 24 million 500,000 dollars is that uh, yeah i know absolutely we'll order two uh, gulfstream uh, says that the aircraft is scheduled for delivery in 2020 following configuration for command and control missions the dod notice states that the contract is due to be completed by the end of 2022 uh, the contract includes two years of logistical support uh, inferring that the g280 will be delivered before the end of may 2020 yeah i think it's a little known fact that uh Gulf streams operate in so many air forces. It's a what a, it's an incredibly capable airframe. All of the Gulf Stream um, platforms. So I know that the U.S. has looked at Gulf Stream fives and Gulf Stream sixes to uh, uh, replace some of the aging C-130 um, multi-role mm. aircraft. Um, so I know a couple other air forces are using Gulf Streams and and other business jets, but. Uh, yeah, the the G two eighty has been around since I think the twenty twelve ish, uh, something like that. But just an incredibly capable uh, airframe with some some legs and mm. some speed. So, and, and you know, why design a military airplane for a specific well, purpose? Well, yeah, <laughs> if there's one in the commercial <laughs> world, that more or less is you're right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. just I'm just looking at the uh, comments about the Blue Thunder film. In oh, okay. Uh, what are they yeah. saying? In 1983, actually, that was. Oh my goodness! Uh, right. It was. It was a film as well as a series. Oh, was um, it? Had uh, Roy Schneider as ah, one of the. Wasn't uh, he? Wasn't he the? Um, wasn't he uh, the one in Jaws? Uh, Roy yeah, Schneider. I think he was. Wasn't he? Roy yeah, Schneider. the guy with the coolest sunglasses in the world. Yeah, um, and okay. Man Micah says it was an awful film. Oh dear! Oh, okay. oh. did you uh, did you manage to Google it in the end, uh, Armando, to see what the. Uh, I'm going to disappoint Thunder. you and and let you know that the Blue Thunder was actually a gazelle. Okay, it was right. a it was a 1973 <laughs> uh, aerospatial gazelle, which is an unexciting helicopter. Right. Oh yeah, but it had big guns and missiles. Right. And do you mean? <laughs> do you mean there may have been a little bit of poetic uh, license in a TV program? Neil Landwarn has put discount Airwolf. Yeah, I suppose oh. it would it would have been an do Aldi do version do of, do the, do of do Airwolf. Do. What was it like? The that, you know the BBC equivalent was it? Is that yeah, right? yeah, 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 absolutely. That would have been like filming Top Gun with a Cessna one seventy two. <laughs> you know. Oh no, come on. Now that I would pay money no, would. to see. No, okay. Although oh, yes. in the beginning of Iron Eagle, there was a great 
Cessna 150 flying sim. Right, I'm downloading that film now. Oh, no. Tonight. no just download anyway. the first five minutes. That's the only part worth watching. Is <laughs> oh, okay. Iron Eagle. Iron That's Eagle Iron Eagle that 1, not Iron Eagle 2, 3, or 4. <laughs> oh, blimey. It's one of those films. Anyway, yeah. that is where we uh, wrap up the military segment for this week. Uh, before we uh, start uh, closing up the show, however, I just wanted to share an email that we'd received actually um, during the week here. I think it was yesterday or the day before, um, because it, it, it's got a very interesting photograph that, that comes with it. So anyway, it says, Hi, PT UK crew. Uh, I'm currently listening to the latest podcast, episode 288. It was very sad to hear the news about Thomas Cook Airlines, but I thought the way that you guys covered it on the podcast was really good. It was great to hear Captain Al speak about it his experiences and although clearly still hard for him uh, as a student pilot it is great to hear hear a captain speaking with so much passion about uh, both his job and the employer uh, hopefully I get to sit beside someone like him on the flight deck one day I'm finishing the last of my P1 hour building before uh, sitting my CPL flight test I was, flighting, uh, I was flying in the southwest of Ireland and I diverted into Shannon E-I-N-N parked at the airfield in E-I-N E-I-N-N. Echo India November November. Uh, Echo India November November. Were the, uh, there were eight Thomas Cook A321s and one A330. Uh, I'll just pop that picture up while I'm doing that. And a representative from the airfield operations told us that they were owned by an Irish leasing company and were flown to Shannon before, uh, for storage before respraying in another airline uh, livery. Uh, I just thought it was interesting how quickly things move on in the aviation industry. I attached a few photos. Apologies for the quality. They were absolutely massive compared to my little Cessna 172. <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, really enjoy the show. It gets better every week. Kind regards, Owen Dowling. So thank you very much. Thank for you, that. Owen. Yeah, thank you thank for that, you. Owen Dowling. Yay. Yeah, but what a lovely. Can you see? You see the picture there. I mean, it's sort of. It's, it's, qu it's quite brutal, actually, yeah, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's sad to see that. Yeah, and I think I, I, we had quite a few photos that were sent to us, obviously, as, as the story was unfolding. And it was quite sad to see these aircraft being parked at remote... Um, stands. Mm. It was sort of, you know, as as they were arriving, it was quite brutal. But uh, again, as everybody, uh, I'm sure appreciates. I mean, it was um, very hard for Captain Allen. I I want to personally thank him for for doing such a good job of sort of handling what was a very difficult subject, as I say, because we were keen to sort of try and make it more about the people. Because obviously, the mainstream media had done to death you know what yeah. was actually going on so yeah again I, I, i'm sure uh, from from all of us here thanks again to captain al for his very kind words yeah and if you uh, haven't listened help. to that yet yeah, it was episode 288 so yep. that's last week's show yeah if you wanted to go back and listen to uh, yep. to captain al have a have a good chat about that. So what we're going to do now ladies and gentlemen is something we've never done before in the fact that carlos is going to wrap up the show really efficiently Okay. <laughs> it's not going to take him 15 minutes to say goodbye. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is where we're going to wrap up the show yeah. then. Yeah. So, uh, that's, what are you up to uh, this week? Anything exciting? Oh, this week. This week. What am I doing this week? Um, 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 I am warehouse based Monday and Tuesday right. and hopefully might be out and about in the lorry oh, at some ooh, point. So, I week. might see you on my travels. I should give you yes, a wave. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Milo, where are you flying to? You, 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 I know you mentioned it on the top yeah, of the show. I'm, the I'm tropics. going to back to Amsterdam tomorrow evening and yep. then Sunday morning first flight out to Oslo Oh, so I can work this week to fly into Budem back. Oh, so lovely. I'm really looking forward to that very nice cool Armando it. what's on the itinerary for you uh, if anybody happens to be in Charlotte North Carolina tomorrow is the Laney's airport fly-in that's November oh. 92 is the airport identifier uh, little grass strip that's where I fly skydivers out of and uh, if you're in the area come on by uh, I doubt anybody will be there. 
um, <laughs> by the time you this, this airs on Sunday. Yes, it'll um, be gone. But anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> there might be someone in the chat room. Yeah, there might be someone yeah. in the chat room. Yeah. Absolutely. Nah, other than that, uh, pretty easy week. No flying planned at all. Just nope. uh, paddling on the lake and finishing up in the house. Very nice. Indeed, indeed. So there's lots of ways to get in touch with the show if you How want to. How can the we? Best, well, there's a new way. Let's we, start with the WhatsApp. Way. Let's start with the WhatsApp. So a new way to get in touch with the show. So it's plus four four seven five seven, which we all know is my favourite aircraft. Uh, so it's plus four four seven five seven two four nine no 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 I'm doing it wrong that's not good somebody else do it I'm listening. plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six six that's plus four four seven five seven two two four nine one six we need one of those six. posh oh de, 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 you know seven de, 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 de. all right I'll, I'll leave that in your more than capable hands yeah, uh, and uh, yes uh, that, uh, obviously uh, you can contact the show by email it's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com search for us on social media twitter facebook uh, instagram your You'll find us by searching for the handle at Plain Talking UK, and it is uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com. Don't forget to take yourself to the T-shirt page if you haven't done so Ooh, already. Yes. Uh, there's some lot. We've got some fresh T-shirts we've in got some stock. Fresh yeah, T-shirts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so if anybody hasn't got a T-shirt and would like one, go to the website where you can purchase one. There. I need to talk to you about mugs actually because I think we, there's two people we need to send some mugs to. I think. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that is where we are going to bring episode number 289 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Thanks to everyone who has joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening. All the family members in there. Hope you have a great weekend, whatever you're doing. Enjoy your Sunday roasts. I'll be doing a charity day Sunday uh, in Southwold on the coast and we are looking at having... Uh, Nick told us to stop blathering. By many. The way. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we, Nick would love... I guess like an, a, an APG member has just told us to stop yeah. blathering. Nick... <laughs> Nick would appreciate what's going on Sunday because we are having a charity charity dog walk day for yeah. dash hounds or sausage dogs, whatever yeah. you want to call them. Oh. Uh, on Sunday, we're hoping to get uh, more than we had in March because we had just under five hundred. So we're hoping to better that on Sunday. But uh, yeah, that's on Southwold in the coast. So we're hoping to raise lots awesome. of money for a great charity. And also, don't forget to cuddle your pets and dogs Ooh, yes, and it's cats and whatever. How about your bears? Because yes, yes and your bears, definitely. Yes. Because Charles, the PT UK band. It's animal yes. day today, so they deserve a little love too. Absolutely. So take care, everyone. Don't forget to join us next week. Nev will hopefully be back uh, on the show, and uh, we should hopefully be live on Friday again. So from all us here in the PT UK studios and Armando in his studio, have a great weekend. Hey, oh, there's Lois Lane. Look, there we and go. And he's cuddling his dog on order. There we go. Yeah. Take care, everybody. Bye. See you next week. Bye bye. <laughs>